0: I'm John DiLoberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. In this hour, I've got an interview with the transcendent Zola Jesus. She's got a powerful warrior cry of a voice drawn from her opera studies, and she writes songs with a tribal intensity. She's got a new album out called Archon. It takes its title and its inspiration from the Gnostic belief in angels wreaking havoc.
1: Number one, I feel like we're living in very archaic times, like the archons are leading humankind astray from a more benevolent path, uh, and I think that is quite sci-fi also, just like with our overarching dystopia we're, we're mired in, in these days, so I do think that this record is sci-fi in that respect, and archons are as well.
0: Zola Jesus. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about Echoes Online. You know you're probably going to be traveling somewhere this summer where you can't hear Echoes, but you could take the perfect travel soundtrack with you by getting a subscription to Echoes Online. Echoes Online gives you 24-7 on-demand access to Echoes shows. There's also exclusive online-only streams and Echoes programs without the talking, just the music. Just get the free Echoes app on your cell phone and you can take Echoes with you pretty much wherever you can get a signal. Whether you're lying on a beach in the Caribbean, riding toward the horizon of a Midwestern highway, or exploring the cathedrals of Italy, Echoes can score your journey. Go to echoes.org to find out more about Echoes Online. And now, watch out for the Archons. Zola Jesus is here. When you hear a name like Zola Jesus, you think of something either sanctified or blasphemous. In the case of singer Nika Danilova, who uses Zola Jesus as her stage name, it's definitely on the sanctified side, though not necessarily religious. She's been recording since she was in college, and her most recent album is Archon. Nika Danilova has a powerful voice and is a good reason for that.
1: I definitely had aspirations to be an opera singer. I tried to apply to Juilliard when I was 12. I got the application packet and everything, tried to fill it out, send it in. But by the time I turned 16, which is when I graduated high school, I don't want to say I fell out of love with opera, but I was just hitting a wall in terms of my own anxieties and insecurities and self-criticism about my voice.
0: I'd say she sounds like she's overcome those insecurities. I'm speaking to Nika Donilova from her home in Wisconsin. The 30-something singer took those opera pipes and brought them into her music, which was inspired by the sounds she was hearing. And that was not Mozart or Veri.
1: Well, I grew up listening to punk because my dad would listen to it when he was weightlifting. So he'd listen to Dead Kennedys and Talking Heads. Boingo Boingo, stuff like that, new wave. And then I got into like the Sex Pistols, of course, and then from there I got into like some more street punk and hardcore punk. D-beat, Minor Threat, threat, stuff like that. And then that evolved into getting into industrial music like Einster's the Neubauten, Cabaret Voltaire, um, Robin Gristle. And then from there, I got into Diamanda Galas and Meredith Monk and Stockhausen and Morton Subotnick and early electronic music. And then my brain was just so full of possibilities that I was finally inspired to make music of my own after feeding off of so many brilliant minds throughout the centuries.
0: listening to the earliest Zola Jesus recordings, you'd hear that Susie and the Banshees won out over Renee Fleming and the Met.
1: Oh, we love a Susie Sue reference. Damn, if that isn't a powerful woman, and if that isn't a voice that is full of magnitudes of power.
0: Although Danilova says she discovered Susie and the Banshees only after people began comparing them, you can hear the reference on songs like "Song." recordings of Zola Jesus like The Spoils in New Amsterdam sound like they're coming from the bunker of some post-apocalyptic world. You can imagine a generator running outside to power her synthesizers and percussion made from bombshell casings.
1: In the very beginning, I would just find things around my house like uh, pots and pans and keys, jangling keys, like it was really an experiment in trying to make sounds from the most unusual sources, like whatever I had on hand, because at at that point I was more interested in music from a very primal, like fundamental standpoint, where like music can be made out of anything, and so I didn't really want to invest in any gear or any equipment because I was like, oh, I don't need equipment. (laughs) You know, you could just mic some keys and make it sound pretty cool.
0: Her new album, Archon, still retains the tribal feel of her early music and that's appropriate given the ancient roots of the album's name and inspiration.
1: The Archons, which is a Gnostic term, um, the Archons are these malevolent forces in Gnostic Christianity that they think control like humankind in like a, a nefarious way. Number one, I feel like we're living in very archonic times, like the Archons are leading humankind astray from a more benevolent path. Uh, and I think that is quite sci-fi, also, just like with our overarching dystopia we're we're mired in in these days. So I do think that this record is sci-fi in that respect, and Archons are as well.
0: You can hear that on a song called "The Fall," with its heavy percussion groove.
1: Like I see "The Fall" as being written from a uh, a concentrated character that was within me at the time, and I just needed to let it out and like she exists in pop form because she's kind of sassy and like a little resentful and bitter and so uh, it came out in that way but then that breakdown comes and she becomes sort of delicate and uh, yeah there's like the sensitivity to it but then these taiko drums kind of like rooting everything in the earth
0: Danilova didn't need the pandemic or political turmoil to get in a depressive mood. The album was recorded amidst a few other life changes.
1: Well, throughout the making of this album, several very long-term, very important relationships to me ended—romantic ones, uh, professional ones, you know, personal ones—and um, "Dead and Gone" is definitely a uh, an ode to some lost loves and. Uh, you know, wistfully wondering if if uh, I made the right decision, blowing my life up. <laughs>
0: Danilova admits that even without these traumatic life events, she can be pretty depressed.
1: Well, I'm always suffering massive depression, so that's, you know, that should always be in my music. But I'm not in therapy, I'm on SSRIs, but uh, I'm just, I'm I'm a very melancholic person. I just always assume everyone thinks about things very deeply. So that might be the case, but I just tend to really like dig into the darkness and really try to understand it and get inside of it. And that can be a really intense place to live a lot of the time. So that's why music is uh, a tool for me to heal and to put that stuff into. Because my normal life, you know, I'm, I'm depressed, of course, I'm melancholic always, but you know, I, I like to laugh, you know, I like to have fun. Like I'm, I'm a human like everybody else, you know, I like to dance let loose, but my music is my my Pandora's box for all the darkness.
0: Her song, Into the Wild, sounds like it comes right out of that
1: feeling. Into the Wild was written about a very specific moment um, and to universalize it, it's that moment between the shock of something life altering happening and getting through to the next stage when you feel like you're barely gonna survive this feeling of, like, overwhelm and knowing that all you can do is just take one step at a time. And so, yeah, a lot of the songs on this record kind of soundtrack this feeling of, like, cataclysmic shifts that happen before you're ready for them. And then so much of it is just having to cope with the loss of control. And Into the Wild is definitely one of of those songs that covers that.
0: Another way she handles her depression is through magic. She throws that out as an aside, but I probed a little deeper.
1: It means that I engage with the world magically, I guess. Like, it's something that I I don't actually like to talk about, but I guess it is a part of my process in terms of the record. Because when I started to practice magic, whether it was like, I like to do visionary magic, which is, Through the imagination, um, like active imagination stuff. And in doing that, and also just in considering the world on a magical level, I started to see the interconnectivity of things, like more than ever before, so much that I couldn't really ignore it. Like, I'd step outside and I live in the woods, and, you know, the bushes would be screaming at me, the trees would be screaming at me, you know, the bees, like everything's so loud, and you see that it's all connected and that it's all part of you as well. Because the whole process of magic is about energy and about increasing the ease of energy in terms of getting what you want like when people do magic like manifestation magic and stuff like that but for me i see it more like animism which is this idea of considering the world as this one organism where everything is connected and that was just profoundly enlightening to me because i was able to make sense of the world as i perceived it as a child which was in that way and then i grew up and i was told oh you know this is how things have to happen And then, but in practicing magic, I was able to reconnect with that original conception of the world and of things.
0: Given that, the stage name Zola Jesus might make a lot of sense, but I did wonder about its origins.
1: Oh man, this is the problem with coming up with a band name when you're 14. Can't take it back at a certain point. You can't go back. You're stuck with it. But yeah, yeah, Zola is Emile Zola, the French writer. And Jesus is, you know, Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know why I put them together. On reflection, I like it because it's very much like the rational and the spiritual together. It's quite yin-yang when you think about it. I thought it sounded cool because I was 14 and, you know, putting things together in my head. But um, it's become my own, I guess. I can't shake it.
0: It seems like the perfect name for someone who sounds like she's a warrior leading the charge into the abyss of battle. Have you written a happy song?
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I have. (laughs) Which one? Hmm, good question. Eh, I don't know. Who needs happy songs? Eh, I don't know. Like, okay, so my songs aren't, like, unequivocally happy necessarily, but I think they're constructive, and I think they're productive songs. Like, when I listen to my songs, I feel like, oh, okay, cool, I'm able to metabolize what I'm feeling better after putting it into a song and hopefully people listening to it will also be able to metabolize what they're feeling. So it's it's a good cathartic tool. I don't think it's like depressive music. I hope that it's cathartic music.
2: Did-
0: Zola Jesus is like a hurricane, screaming through the mass psyche. Hers is the beauty of volcanoes erupting. You can hear it on her latest album, Archon, released on Sacred Bones. I'll have a link to Archon by Zola Jesus in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. Next week in the Echoes podcast, I've got Electronic Artist Animal Weapon. I'm John DiLibretto. This has been the Echoes podcast from PRX. See you next time tonight on the radio somewhere in the country or at Echoes online right now or whenever you want.